Frank, what's your last name? Fernandez. Fernandez, cool, got it. Fernandez. Frank Fernandez. Hernandez. Frank Fernandez. Frank Hernandez. Frank Fernandez. Charcuterie. Charcuterie. Frank Hernandez. Charcuterie. Charcuterie. I had that at a French restaurant the other day. What'd you have? What'd you have? It was like salami. No, no, but, no, what, but what, what, what is it that you had? It was like a cheese and charcuterie plate. Oh, what? Charcuterie. 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 You're cuterie. <laughs> Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and uh, it's so good to be here with you guys. <laughs> um, Hi. This is uh, Christian Lugo coming to you from the Valley of uh, Los Angeles, California. Um, I have a very special guest with me today. Guys, this is a person. Um, th- I'm just warming up, by the way. This oh, okay. is, is oh, what okay. I'm going to be using. <clears throat> oh, oh! Let me, let me are you recording? My, I got yeah, but I got to put my my podcast pants on. <laughs> oh, oh, I'll oh. be right back. I'm gonna switch to my podcast pants. <laughs> oh, whoa! <laughs> I don't know, man. Audience, Chris has literally left us. That's those aren't Our pants. <clears throat> those aren't pants. Those are. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> to a brand new podcast of Conversations from a Room. Today is a special episode because we're coming to you live from Frank's apartment in <laughs> the valley. Yes, usually I record this in my apartment with Luna the Podcast Dog. But today, we are in the valley. And for those folks who haven't been to the valley, it's great. There's parking. There's more <laughs> liquor stores. And you know what? There's no lines at the Ralphs because it's the valley. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have an amazing uh, uh, lineup for you today. Uh, a good friend of mine that I would call just an angel from heaven. He is just such a wonderful man. I love him so much. He means so much to me. Joshua Jean Baptiste. Thank you so much for being on the show, my friend. Yo, hello, hello. Also, first of all, is it Jean Baptiste? Mm, Damn. Uh, uh, did I say John? <laughs> yeah, man, you offended oh, me. Wow. My ancestors. Oh, I'm from America. Hold <laughs> <laughs> on, let me put my French lips on. This is a Josh Jean Baptiste. Jean Baptiste. Jean Baptiste. Uh, I said Jean, didn't I? You did, man. It's fine. You know because what? It's, I, per, it's spelled G E A N. J A J J. E-A-N. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who don't recognize that second voice, that is Mr. Frank Hernandez. Yeah, that's me, y'all. I, I, I don't like how we're not talking about the fact that this man just walked out of the room, took off his pants, came back, and he's not wearing any pants right no, now. No, no, no. I'm wearing my podcast pants. <laughs> I, I don't, I, we have very ideas, different, differing ideas of what pants are. <laughs> oh, see, my podcast pants are just no pants at all. <laughs> oh, we're... G- 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 are you, are you going to let that slide? Is, are you cool with that rule, Josh? I mean, I'm fine with it. I mean, this is your chair that I'm sitting on with my podcast. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Look, these chairs are made for a lot of things. If it makes you feel better because of the times right now during this this, this <laughs> COVID-19, I'm very sanitized. I'm, I'm a very clean person. You're a very sanitized I'm wearing person. two pairs okay. of underwears, okay? <laughs> All right? So you have nothing to worry about. If, see, people aren't, aren't rushing to the store and buying two pairs of underwear. At this but point. I will warn you, I shit my pants every 15 minutes. So. <laughs> my question is, where are your original pants? Are they, <laughs> where did they go? Are they yeah, on the staircase? This isn't, this isn't my house. All I did was walk around the corner and take off my pants. So your roommate might trip down the stairs because there's a pair of pants. I mean, I, I, I'd say take it off. You know, safety first. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to go get my pants. You guys keep the audience entertained. Well, audience, um, just to give some context, I've known Chris since, God, ah, 
Jeez, well, well, Josh, I think it's more important for, for for me to talk about how long I've known Chris. Oh, that's true. Go I, ahead. Look, Chris and I have known each other for like, you know, at least a couple of hours at this point, and I feel like I think this is it. <laughs> Let's just say this: I got here around two. It's now five <laughs> yeah, eleven. So yeah. for at least three hours now. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's been quite a, quite an adventure. But I guess Josh, you can talk about like how you know Chris as well. Yeah, Josh, what's our what's our relationship, man? Because you know what? I will say this. You you do mean a lot to me. You're a good friend of mine. Duh, you're a and good I'm friend so, of mine, I'm, I'm honestly so happy to have you guys on the show. Yo. Uh, but specifically, I've been wanting to have you on the show because it's something that this this is a kind of thing I've been doing for, I think, uh, I think over a year now. That's awesome. But thank you so much for being on the show, guys. Frank, I did not expect you to be here, but I'm so glad I got to have my first two-person <laughs> sort of guest situation. I've only oh, ever word. had one, one, one-on-ones before, so this gotcha. is exciting. Yeah. No. And it looks like it's working out great. I have the, the levels are good. My. Uh, my computer hasn't crashed yet. All right. So we're doing we're great. In this. But um, I guess our history is that yeah, is I met history? you in college. College. Back in where? New Miami. World, Miami. New World, Florida. Florida. <laughs> 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 Let's say it at the same time. My New World, Florida, Florida Miami. God, they're so in sync. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Miami, 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 Florida. Florida. Wow. Oh, wow. They said it at the same time. Dolphins. That was incredible. But um, yes, we were in college. Uh, you were below me, uh, mm-hmm. like in, in <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> in what, please, in what standard? In, in, in what grades. grades? Yeah, in yeah. Grades. In grades. I, I'm, I guess I'm still below you in a way. <laughs> <laughs> you were. You were. Yeah. You were two years. You were two I'm years. I'm below under you me. in school, but oh, you're shit. below me in the grave. Were you two years? Oh, damn, that's wow. dark. Uh, one year. One year. <laughs> you were I one was, year when below I came me. in. You were a sophomore, and I was a freshman. Yes, and then. I think we took voice class together, um, or we I took, think it was movement. We took movement we class took movement together. together. That was our first like uh, synchronized class together. Mo- we- I guess to give context to Frank, Frank oh, is hey. my high school sweetheart friend. Um, we we were a part of a renowned uh, TV production. Yeah. I know. I've actually Ske- seen, I've seen the sketches. We were a part of a sketch group called yeah, Wacky yeah. Wednesday. Any any great comedian uh, who's in their formative years had a nice, fun sketch group to kind of oh, like yeah. discover yeah. their comedy, discover what things they can do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and that's always that's the best way to kind of venture out into the comedy world, just to make your own sketches. Just make your I own agree. stuff. And when you're a teenager, everything is funny. Everything is funny, man. Look, it's like you can make you can make a five minute bit about farts. You, you know should I mean? make five minute bits about farts. I mean, you can do that today and it still works. <laughs> We've had hundreds hundreds of bits that were like fucking hilarious, like in our brains, and then the moment we wrote it down, we're like, "This is trash," and then we just moved on from it. Mm-hmm. Either way, but yeah, we became homies because uh, yeah, we just all had a similar sense of humor, and Josh calls it I, being a gelastic, which means really? ge- the word gelastic means of humor. Oh. So we're, we're, I consider Does it really. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the Jelast- like the, wasn't there wasn't it, that was we... the name of our comedy group, the Jelastics. Yeah. Oh we were God. people of humor. Mm-hmm. Wow! So anytime I meet someone that has the funny, and I I gotta say I think Frank because we have another comrade uh, Max Maximo we Santana. We did that. We we did the sketch group together. Shout and, out to Max, who I believe is in San Francisco right now. Yeah, right? Nice. soon to be Oakland. What's up, Max? Hey, Max. Um, I was waiting to have a conversation with Apparently, your friends have nothing to say. <laughs> you were waiting for him to say something? <laughs> I was waiting for him to respond. <laughs> your whole thing was. Yeah, exactly. But I, I want to say we looked at Frank and we were like, hey, you know what? You're funny. You get funny. <laughs> I think that's how we like yeah. recruited him. That's funny, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, I think people who enjoy and understand the world of comedy uh, know comedy. You know what I mean? It's like. Mm-hmm. It because comedy isn't it's not a thing in the air. It's almost like an it's almost like a, a, a tangible sort of realistic thing. You know, like you yes. can 
you can hold it in your hand and respect mm -hmm. it, you know. So oh. let's talk about both of your guys' okay. move to the west side, Los Angeles, okay. California. Uh, well, How did that happen? I am recent. Because mm -hmm. you guys are both uh, Miami boys, and you yeah. guys... I know, Josh, you were doing a lot of great work in Miami. You were doing, you know, you were directing shows. You were creating, uh, you even had your own sort of like theater group, didn't you? Ah, Lab 9. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, we, we oh, produced, yeah. Shows, we produced some, some projects locally in the Miami scene, which mm -hmm. is cool. I took the time to stay and develop myself mm -hmm. as an artist. And because Miami isn't as concentrated, mm -hmm. those early years of me developing work were very, very critical to mm -hmm. my development because I had room to fail mm -hmm. and the stakes were really low. And then anytime I did hit some sort of success, uh, it was, I got a lot more return on my investment because, you know, Miami has the space to do that. People are starving to see work there. As like, you become older and, you know, you're continue to be a working artist, what is something that you've learned uh, that's that's sort of changed your your aspect or sort of changed your way of doing things as an actor or performer? Uh, as an artist, like yeah, as an artist has in my, general, has my approach changed exactly. since I've gotten exactly. older? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I've come to realize that you, at least for me these days, what really gets me going is I, I need to say something. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I normally start my projects off with what am I what do I need to say and like try to tap into some sort of like burning passion or, mm -hmm. or or an advocate, something I want to advocate for or something that I want to express or something that I really want to show the world. It has to come from a place of passion. Mm -hmm. And I try to tap into some genuine connection to the work. Uh, even if it's something stupid, if it's like a writing muscle that I want to flex, then I'm really excited about flexing mm -hmm. that writing muscle. But I think like what the word you used earlier, authenticity, I think, that's, authenticity, most, I think yes. that's most important because I think the more that we relate to people, the more that they're going to be able to connect to the the, to the piece. Essentially, they're going to connect to whatever it that you're trying to say. What I think they're connecting to is truth. So yeah, what I started to realize more as I, as I uh, began to write more, you know, my own stuff is that I was worried that no one was going to be able to relate to what I was saying or they weren't going to understand what I was saying. But I noticed is that just thousands of people can, can like are going through the same exact things that you're going through. You just don't think about it because you don't mm. talk about the dirty laundry with, you know, A, B or C. You don't talk about dirty laundry with your neighbors, but I guarantee you, you talk, you talk to like a good friend about like, Hey, I'm dealing with so-and-so. They're like, dude, honestly, same. Right. So mm -hmm. if you ever feel like what you're going to what you want to discuss in like let's say you're doing a show or you're doing a performance or you're trying to connect to a character and you're like no I don't think people will get this I don't think they'll understand that I think every human being you know as much as they have a different footprint everyone is dealing with the same things yeah. some sort of bullshit you yeah. know, some sort of bullshit. Yeah. Even if it's the good stuff, it's like no one's going to relate to this. You know what I mean? Unless you're just like a rich, high and mighty guy who lives on the top of a hill. Like, yeah, you're not going to relate to anyone. There's some rich and high, high and mighty other people watching television. They need entertainment too. Yeah, but are they humble? <laughs> well, I remember... Uh, yeah, we, how, how do you relate to this stuff, Frank? I work as a digital editor and designer at an advertising firm. And I also do motion graphic, uh, do motion graphic design. I do post production. I just kind of love that stuff. So being in editing, I, f I found like ways to make this cool or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, because editing cool. itself is like writing a script. It is. I mean? Yeah, it because is. you you have to understand story. Like mm -hmm. a lot of times, I'll do sketches, and I can't imagine having some random person edit it if they don't know what the idea I'm trying <laughs> to, to know go where for. you're trying to go to. I mean, like the reason why the show a show like The Office works is because it cuts into certain things, and it, yes. and it also like it makes decisions in the editing process to make it you know that much funnier even if it's just like 10 percent, like that really counts man it's the ephemeral feeling of pacing it's not something that 
I think is mentioned a lot, but is an integral part of all of our lives. Pacing, whether it be in film or music or whatever, in books, or even just in everyday life. Like when you take that same sort of concept and then put it in the form of like, how is an audience reacting to this? Like it's every part of the art form from writing to acting to editing is just like, how will the audience take this part going to this part? And seeing it right next to each other, it's beautiful. It's something that I'm super passionate about. And uh, yeah, so I ended up uh, out here in 2009, so right after graduation. Frank was the pioneer. <laughs> Josh, you've been here for two months. What's something that you've learned about living in Los Angeles? Shit's you... real out here. <laughs> it is. Yes. You know what's funny? I guess coming from Miami, we, we already come from a very chill place. And you know how people say the East Coast is like the yes. fast-paced side mm-hmm. and the West Coast is the chill side? No, it's still pretty fucking fast-paced out here, man. Yes, it's sir. still It's still very much dog-eat-dog mentality out on the west coast i had a very i had a very rough first month here mm-hmm. mentally financially brother <laughs> it was the first, first yeah, year the first year is gonna be rough <laughs> that's, well, that's, it's the exact same thing the first two it. months dude the first year is first crazy. year the second year is pretty chill the third year is just weird the fourth year you're like what am i doing the fifth year you kind of start I'm like oh, okay I get shit it. Out. yeah yeah, yeah. Like, you, I get this. <laughs> and even you haven't figured it out you just settled into it man you know i, I gotta tell you i disagree with that Okay. Hey, I disagree with hey, that. that's cool, man. Like, I, 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 I don't. I mean, I disagree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm saying, <laughs> but like, you know, I'm, I'm interested to sit but, here. But you know what, though, it. I am glad you disagree with it because I will say this: I've always known you as a positive force, and I've always known you as someone who continues to, to like break down any sort of uh, doubts on what th- how things should be or just the normality of things. You know what right. I mean? And having the opportunity to hang out with you more now has been so grateful because it's not, not only is it consistent, but it's even stronger than it was before. And I think coming out here is such a great, is a great thing for you to do because you're going to break through those walls. You're going to break through those barriers and, and kind of mix up all this bullshit that people think about, you know, being in a big industry and just be like, fuck it. You know, I'm here to have fun. Why am I going to break balls to be here? I can just enjoy it and, and be, you know, be a talented motherfucker at the same time. I just think that, I think that, you know, in my experience in Miami, you know, I very, it very much was a big fish in a small pond. And mm-hmm. I think that I heard a lot of the narrative of what Miami was and there's no work here and there's this and that. And always to me, I did, you know, I, I, I heard it, but I never like was convinced that is it really that hard out mm-hmm. here? Like, mm-hmm. Have you? I started asking questions like, "Have you exhausted all options?" And mm-hmm. I became a bit of a detective on like, what is a way that I can circumvent the general narrative that is going on creatively? And through that, because I had that curiosity, I found solutions to that. And that was like, whether it was finding grants or looking at upstart theater companies doing things and submitting work, and you know, attaching myself to existing theater companies and navigating my way. And then I kind of realized that like, wait, ain't nobody in Ain't nobody in Miami really doing that much. You know, there was there's people doing that, but there was sort of plateaus. And I, it really has galvanized me as an artist because it let me know because Miami had no rules on how to do it out, out there. It let me know that I can paint whatever story I want if I just keep that curiosity going. Um, so that being said, with here, I feel like my number one priority is to learn as much as the industry as, as I can. Mm-hmm. I decided to humble myself and go back to wanting to be a student because I know Miami. I know how to move there. And I, and I want to see what all the hype is about L.A. And I, I've thankfully I got a chance to produce a TV series in, in Miami. So I got a taste of coming out to L.A. and meeting people and doing the whole, 
you know, schmoozing and pitching and all that stuff. So I got a sense of it. But being here, I feel like gives me an advantage because I'm on the ground, right? So right now, I want to learn. I want to spend a lot of time learning and observing and seeing what the hurrah about LA is. Perfect. So, you know, nor- ideally, you one- yeah, you, ideally you- once I understand the system, mm-hmm. I can know how I can stand out or I can know how I can finagle my way into getting That's what it, I man. need. That's it, man. At this point, you're on the right track. But let me ask you this. So let's let's see what Dream Josh wants. Do you want to continue to do acting? Do you want to continue to do writing, comedy, stand-up? What are you looking at? I have been spoiled. Uh-huh. I have had many opportunities to write my own work and act in my own work. Mm-hmm. And... It's I very, love... very hard to write something and 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 believe that it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's intimidating, man. It's intimidating. But well, but to answer your question, like because I, I kind of want to keep that going. Mm-hmm. So writing has fortunately been the thing that has given me more opportunities. When you started writing, how did you know that it was working? Because a lot of times people I write pull some... from things that I love. Okay, I use my own taste as a reference. What is your writing mostly <laughs> catered to? Is it like- uh, culture, satire, and technology? Really? Yeah. How does that work? Like I'm either commenting on some sort of. I love like pointing out like idiosyncrasies of Black people. Like mm. you know, my project Grown for Complex was about two Haitian American guys in Miami, in the mm-hmm. working class Miami, and seeing mm-hmm. the ground of that. Um, I wrote a play called Voices of the Island, which was a fantasy D and D that took place in the Caribbean. Mm. Um, I, there's a story about, uh, I, I wrote called plenty of shrimp, which was about the hoops that we f- jump through for online dating. Um, that's true, man. So it, it's like whatever I, technology speaks to me, culture speaks to me. And then I've always had this unique relationship with my blackness of like, Oh, you, you know, I, I was around the dudes in the hood, but I never really felt like I was one of them. I was called like a white boy growing up or like an Oreo and stuff really? like that. So I always had this like separation, but, and I love my black culture and I love what I've been exposed to, but then there's also like stupid things that black people do. And I'm like, like, I don't want to point that out and make fun of it because I was being chastised for not following that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's just stupid. Like I've seen dudes get into full fledged fights for stepping on each other's sneakers. That was very stupid to me. Damn. But back in where I grew up, it was like that was social currency. If you fought someone for stepping on your fucking shoes, That's that to crazy, me is dude. dumb. That is it's so very crazy. fucking stupid. So my so work your, revolves around that. What's your process as a writer? How do you start? What do you? How do you feel you get writing done? Because it's hard to even start a script. I will be the first person to admit that I'm a lazy writer. Oh, I'm a very. But lazy you writer. know what? I think that's the majority, man. For sure, I, I leech on to motivation, and then usually if I'm already working on a project with someone else, because that engine's already going in a reprieve from that project, I'll work on something that. I'm going like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm working on because mm-hmm. I'm like, there's already some momentum going on. So once that happens, then that's two things that are having momentum. And but I, try uh, to ride momentum. I guess because when I write, I write sort of conversations that I've, I've had, not had, but similar that I've had mm-hmm. with other people or just like in any, any piece that I want to do for like a play or whatever. I write real conversations that mm-hmm. people have. There's no joke. There's no like punchline. A conversation can be funny just by the way that it's formed. You know what I mean? Like right. when people talk, jokes come out of nothing. It doesn't have to be like it's only funny when it's true. Well, there is truth in comedy. Exactly, in comedy. exactly. But, and it's uh, only I, it, it I, only feels real when it comes from a true place. But I, I think it's genuine, you're, essentially. I want to say you're you're missing an important piece that? of that process. Is that why are you writing it? Mm. What are you writing for? I have had the experience of always writing for something, okay. whether that was 
oh, they're giving a $5,000 grant to do a play at a theater. I don't really write just to I mean, I write just to write, but it's always because I know there's going to be an opportunity to write f- you know, for something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah and, and but that's an important part of the process because then for me that shapes what I want to say. So it's like, oh, there's a short film festival. They're, they're getting yeah. scripts. And I'm like, what is uh, – then that once I have the intention of writing that, then I'm like fitting the format. What would be appropriate? What's an appropriate way for me to express myself given this format? I'm like, okay. At the time, they were taking submissions for short plays in Miami, and in that time, I had just broken up with an ex, and I was like going on online dating, and I was like, God, this is so fucking stupid. And I'm like, ooh, that's a play idea because I feel strongly about this. Oh, there's a play submission um, for 15 minute shows. Ooh, I got an idea on how I could fit that format. Ooh, then I write that format. Right. So it all it depends on what the context is. And like I usually write for opportunity. Um, It's happened enough times where like, oh, whether it's like a play submission or, you know, we got an opportunity to get like a grant or something like that. Working on those projects enough has afforded me the luxury to be like, hmm, I want to write like a TV series or something like because I've just gotten in the use of making stuff. Right. Or, you know, the knowledge you have of writing, you can just do whatever you want with it now. Yeah, but that took writing for opportunity, even when I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Well, it's like any exercise or any sport. The more you do it, the better you get. Absolutely. Facts. Yeah, and, and, and I like and, you, you can you can start writing as much as you want, and, and and if you if you ever had doubt before, if you start writing something and start creating it, you're not gonna have doubts about what you're writing anymore. You you feel like. <laughs> Okay, I guess I have something going for me. I guess I, I guess I do something that works. You know what I mean? And to, what's even better about just writing four things is that I feel like it teaches you how to adapt as a writer and how to you, you can ebb and flow when you when you're writing for something short when you when you're when you're connecting the reason you're writing to an, some sort of opportunity. Mm. There are many different types of opportunities, so you're kind of forced to like stick with it. Like my first play. I wrote was because there was a grant looking for new work, and I had mm-hmm. saw a really garbage play that from that same grant, and I was just like, "This they paid that. this dude five grand why for can't that." I, do that? Yeah, well, I was like, "Why the hell can I do that?" Exactly. So then, I isn't that crazy? I, I, it's so stupid. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. and there's a lot of opportunities out there. Yeah, yeah. And I and because of that, I looked at what they called for, and I was like, "Oh shit, I got to figure out how to write a that's full play." That's how a lot of things start, and I think I always I, that's why I always tell people don't be ashamed of knowing how good you can be. You, know you mean? have like, to know your strengths and your weaknesses. Exactly. Which is important. Here's the kicker. It's the curiosity to want to get better. And yes. The, yes. The and curiosity. It's the curiosity. You have to continue we, to, to want curious. to just exact. try things. And explore and figure it Always out Always explore. Intention. Don't doubt yourself. If you yes, want you. butt sex, try it out. No. Oh, you know what? Honestly, it's not as bad as you would think. <laughs> Frank, go ahead. No, uh, we... Um, but seriously, <laughs> Frank, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we, did, uh, we have a term that we use on the show and in our lives called STTT straight to the top mm-hmm. where it's that idea it's like that want to get better it's the idea that like this isn't it like if you don't enjoy your circumstances there are, there's more that I can do to get better yeah. uh, and finding like like-minded people like that who are STTT and we use that shit a lot where it's just like who, who's willing to, to work more mm-hmm. who's willing to work harder and those are the people that you know guide you through your life yeah mm-hmm. it's positive perspective po- it's positive yes. you know it's just that. it's grit Positivity grit has, is a wonderful word. It's grit. Positivity lube, can totally help. Lube the machine. I don't think you, it, it can you grease can the machine. It can, grease it. It can WD-40 the machine, <laughs> but you wanted to use lube, the word lube. Lube the machine. <laughs> because you're lubricating. No, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I'm yes. not wrong. Yes, yeah. yes. All right, so really quick. Uh, but as an actor, how have you uh, transitioned into this part of your life? Well, as you get older as an actor, you become, I think, 
better or you have a broader perspective because you've lived through certain things, you've experienced certain experiences, you're knowing yourself more. So I think inherently, like, I have changed as an actor, period, just just by living more. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest example is I did a play with the infamous Garrett Gill Garrison. She directed a play called Actually, and it was a two-hander. It was myself and my wonderful partner, Maria, Maria Corina Ramirez. And uh, that play was really heavy because I was being accused of rape by her. And mm-hmm. it was like we were these college freshmen. It got really sticky and, you know, something regarding of like sexual assault. So there was a moment in the play where I had to like, I, I broke down by just being, you know, I was, I was black. I was the first of my family to get into college and here I am being accused of rape. And she really told me like the, the frustration of that being taken away from you, like should be crushing you right now. And I, it took, it took a very difficult time, but I, I became in touch with that and I, I broke down when it needed to. And I was like bawling at, at the part and I was like screaming and then, and at the end, Gail goes, that's it. Great. Moving on. And then we moved on. But I had to do that. I had to do that show four times a week for like a month. And like I became more and more open to this idea of my vulnerable side. And that's something I did not have when I was 13. It, so it, it, it took that opportunity and that openness to be exposed to that where that made me a better actor. And yeah. now I'm crying all the fucking time. I, I love me some crying. Because yeah. I used humor as a way to repress honest emotion. And I feel like that's a problem that a lot of people that are inherently funny have. And and, and it's that exploration. So now I'm, I'm, I'm looking and seeking and excited for work that grants me the opportunity to be more vulnerable and authentic. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, like what, what made you want to start? No one's ever asked me a question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so what, what, what was the impetus behind starting this podcast? What was, what, what, what was it where you're like? I honestly just yeah. wanted to have people to hang out with honestly yeah, yeah. that's the only reason well i'm out of here man my podcast came out i think literally right before or after conan o'brien came out with his podcast Ooh. for any of you guys who are conan o'brien fans well ladies and gentlemen <laughs> frank hernandez has a tattoo the size of a, a foot-long sandwich <laughs> on his forearm that says Nobody in life gets exactly what they thought they were going to get, but if they work really hard and they're kind, amazing things will happen. Conan O'Brien. Yeah. That's insane. I, I absolutely love Conan O'Brien. I think mm-hmm. he's a perfect example of someone who's hilarious, yeah. but yes, also takes things very serious because he's mm-hmm. so serious in common. He's so serious in the craft that he creates yes. that it's funny. That it's meaningful. He truly cares about. Even if it's a joke about a, a bear, a masturbating bear, he's like, "Guys, we need to get this right. It needs to be fucking <laughs> right." Very meticulous with his work. Conan O'Brien is so friend. underrated. I think a lot of people, the thing is that he's like a cult following because the people who know of him think he's okay, but the people who love him yeah. fucking adore him. Yes. They get tattoos of him on their forearms. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah they do. <laughs> Looks like you're far behind. Chris. Yeah, um, yeah, but the re- I don't have any tattoos. So. <laughs> so but here's the thing, though. I don't know why I brought up Conan. Remind me why why we started talking about Conan. That, 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 that. You, he asked you about the podcast. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, 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 oh. What made you he want to start the I podcast? I wish he asked me about the podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, uh, you asked me about the podcast saying, why did I start this? No, he's, he asked I asked you. Oh, okay. Not right. all black people look the same. Yeah, bro. Gosh. Gosh, Chris. Get it together. <laughs> I'm very racist. <laughs> <laughs> um... So he started his podcast. He, started his podcast, he and he s- continues to say this as a way to make friends. It's called Conan O'Brien needs a friend. And I remember wanting to do podcasts because I was like, yeah, these are these seem really fun to do. I just wanted to do a podcast in general, but I was like, 
I want an excuse to invite people over to my apartment yeah. to just hang out with. And as I did this podcast, I would I'd meet people during through work, through through I I'd, I'd have old friends from like high school or college. I'd be like, guys, I want to hang out with you. Come over. Let's just record stuff and have fun, but talk about life at the same time. Mm. And it was an because I'm I'm a pretty antisocial guy. I don't go out that much. Same. But I like to have people over and to have meaningful conversations. Yeah. And it's hard for me to go out to like a bar or somewhere because you don't really have everything is like small talk. You, and you, I'm, you, you're speaking my language, dude. I don't know about y'all, but I've had plenty of meaningful oh, conversations. Yeah, Josh, you're, you're, the, you're, the, you're the most social fucking Josh, butterfly I've ever met. Why do I feel like I'm getting guy. attacked for that? <laughs> because it's not fair. Yeah, yeah, okay, you have great conversations you, 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 with new people. You can yeah, get it. You guys can get anything you it's want. It's a very hard thing to have. It. Honestly, man, there's something called social anxiety. Okay, I, I, I believe it or not, I have social anxiety. I know, but you know what? I think you, you believe in yourself. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. I wanted an excuse to like just have have people over and just chit chat and i i thought and i love having deep meaningful conversations so i was like let me create a podcast where i can do that but have fun at the same time so that's why wait i'm not having fun neither am i hey guys so we have an amazing new product called bernie bots every flavor movies I understand this is a new, brand new product, but we have the actual founders of the yeah. company uh, here. Yeah. We have Bernie and uh, Bot. Guys, thank you hey. so much for being here. Hey. Hello, hey, hello. Yeah. hello. Thank, thank you. Thank you for having us. Like, yeah. it's, it, it, it's been wonderful, like, getting Bernie Bot's Every Flavor Movies out to the people. Like, yeah. I, we really appreciate it. It's an incredible product. Please uh, tell the listeners what, what your product is and what it, well, how does it, it work. Well, it all started off as a problem. We wanted mm-hmm. to watch movies. We wanted to hear movies. Mm-hmm. We've already done those. But there's we... no, there's no, there's not enough time in a day to watch all the movies. You, you know, you exactly. can't. So the most yeah. digestible uh, way to absorb film these days is through taste, through tongue. That's right. It's an unexplored venue for storytelling. So we decided to make movies that you eat and taste. It's incredible technology that we developed over the past, like you know, six or so years. Where it's just like, you know what? I've always enjoyed Fight Club, but why why can't I taste it? You know, that's all I've ever wanted in my life. Yeah, and no, then, one, no, no one more wants it to taste a, a sweaty Edward Norton and a, and a sweaty Brad Pitt. If oh, that's what you're and, into. And a very sweaty, bloody meatloaf. <laughs> if you want to taste that, you can. That's what we're doing. We're being inclusive. No, yeah, my uh, my father is, you know, uh, my inspiration. Every day, he's just like, movies can do different things. That's your impersonation. No, 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 sir. No, All sir. Right, all right, guys, not, not on the air, not on the air. <laughs> no, sir. But um, I, I just was always inspired by his work. I was inspired by his drive. and I was Google just... Drive, to be specific. So, oh well, wow. yeah. with the uh, with the what a modern day reference is very cool. Yeah, he's he's pretty hip. I try and get him on the good stuff. You know, the Linux. You know, the MacBook Pros. All the things that are you know important. Stop now, talking that's... about things that are <laughs> right, not the all product. All right, all right, guys, not on the air. Not on the air. Okay, wait till you're in the car. Okay, take it easy. For people who haven't tried the product, yes. uh, you want to explain how it's ingested. Is it a tablet? Is it a list? Is it like a strip? Like I a think what's strip? mostly important is for you to understand how it's made. Mm-hmm. Thousands of hours go into looking at the movie mm-hmm. i mean we study all aspects and flavors and textures mm-hmm. and once we understand the movie we then take all of those elements we get them and grind them up and flatten them into an easily digestible dvd wow. so so it comes in a DVD so it's like a form. small wait so it's, it's basically a... you're just eating a dvd <laughs> 
So wait. There's some salt and pepper on it as so, well. So basically, you guys just make a DVD, and then you just eat the DVD. It's, it's, has it's the quite good. So it has the texture. So you haven't, you haven't really created a, a, a source for eating an easily edible thing. You just you, you, you found out a way that when it's when no, it, as soon as it's digested, you can you can. So how does it work? Do you feel the movie? Do you see the movie you in your head? Say we're playing with the palette. It's really important. Mm-hmm. The palette is unexplored. But you're basically just tape. eating a DVD. I with, just want to make that DVD, It's not a DVD. Okay. It is a, it's it's well, a meal. It's a full meal. Mm-hmm. You are, there's, there's very minimal nutritional value. We have yes. no... But it's all about taste. Any sales going on? Uh, well, we're still the in the approval... Yeah, we don't want to, like... Prototype. Put ourselves survey, out of... We want more users, users to enjoy it. S- intake data. We're just trying to see what the market's looking for. You can find it on some corners. On we found the market really loves Human Centipede too, so we're so just trying the to answer go around. Is no. 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 Okay. no, no, no that's no, fine. No, that's fine. That's, that's fair. You guys are in your own company. You make your own decisions. It's okay. <laughs> but let me ask you this. So. Does the movie last as long as a normal movie? Is that is that yeah, your whole yes. take? Is it, that it, you want speed film so you just ingest it? And yes. It, oh, you, but it's still the same length of a movie. Well, it's actually quicker. You get the entire movie in one dose. You once you taste all the flavors mm-hmm. of the film, you know the film, and that happens as quick as you can say. Quick brown fox jumps over a lazy I, dog. It, it, it's also <laughs> dependent on mouth size. Uh, Bernie Bot, thank you so much for being on the show. Bernie Bot's Edible Films, is that the company that's, called? That's correct, that's correct. Uh, I think this is a revolutionary product. <laughs> I think it's going to change the world, and it's going to change society, honestly. Don't forget our tagline, Bernie Bot's Every Flavored Movies. Change the way you taste your films. Uh, thanks, guys, for being here, and take care. Bitch, you do. So, cool. I always ask the guest, what's one of, the, what's one of your favorite films? Mm-hmm. What's one of the worst movies you've ever seen? And what's like a guilty pleasure movie that you recommend? Mm. Frank, we'll start with you. All right. So my favorite film, my favorite film is easy. Uh, my favorite film of all time is The Matrix. The Matrix. Oh, 19, that's a good one. The 1999 classic, The Matrix. It holds up. It still uh, holds up. I bought it on DVD twice because I wore out the first one. I bought it again. And then I bought the Ultimate Matrix Collection, which had a bust of Neo. Google it. Uh, and I loved it. Then those fellas, a bust, a bust of Neo, like a little statue of oh, Neo. Oh, that's pretty cool. It was. Do awesome. you still have that? It's somewhere in Miami. I should oh, okay. probably bring it over at some point. Yeah, yeah. But had a cool thing of Neo, and then I got it again on Blu-ray um, because I love those movies so much. It's one of the th- reasons why I love film as an art form so much is because we have uh, the music, the acting, the directing, the sound uh, design, the production design, and the writing. The fucking writing. Um, I've watched that movie, no joke, over a hundred times. Wow! And every That's time, insane. I've never like I've never heard someone watch a movie more than a hundred times. I've seen it so much more, so much more because it's something that I truly enjoy. On the fact that every time I watch it, I can see something different. Uh, it has and very it's true. There's always layers that you miss, or there's always little little specific things in the film that you're like, I never caught that before. Exactly, there are deep layers. There are um, wonderful character interactions that build up to a bigger world. If you watch, how the layered do you think the Matrix is? Incredibly, because you know, because uh, people... it is. I mean, it's obviously anyone who has seen it can understand the uh, the sort of universe that surrounds it, but. Yeah. I mean, are there continuous layers that go beyond this whole, like, fake world aspect? I mean... I think the fact that um, you can enjoy it just on a pure level of just like, oh, look at this cool kung fu movie. 
where they where they jump around and shoot guns and people go in slow motion and shit. That's a really easy level to enjoy it, but it's not necessarily a bad one. Mm-hmm. Josh and I actually had a conversation recently about writerly text and readerly text. Mm-hmm. So readerly text is um, any sort of art form that just tells you what it is. So most reality TV shows would like to just give you, like, here's just all the information so you could just be along with the ride. We don't want you to go too far to it, which in turn doesn't make it a bad thing. It's just different from a writerly text. A writerly text is something like like an Alex Garland film, uh, like Ex Machina, where there's just a lot of empty holes for you as mm. the viewer to it fill in. It wants the audience to kind of fill it in. Exactly. So you can be yeah. a part of it as well. But and the I, Matrix is like, both. it's a book. You're basically, mm-hmm. you're reading the entire story from Middleton and you're understanding the entire thing. It's, yes. it's giving you all the facts. It's giving you the entire world of this situation. Mm-hmm. John, Josh, feel free to jump in. My favorite movie is Enter the Spideyverse. Oh, great fucking movie, dude. Is and which is also kind of plays in with like different universes, yeah. different like aspects of, you know, <clears throat> we're more than just this world. We're, there's something else out there yes. that we're, we're unaware of. Yeah. To keep looking forward to be STTT. <clears throat> Uh, Spider Verse is, is is an incredible film. Yeah. I saw that movie in obnoxious amount of times. I've only seen it twice, but it's so good. Yeah. I kid you not, I've seen it. Soundtrack like is twenty great. times. No, it's such a great film. And you know what? It's not. I I have not got one person that says that their favorite film is an animation. Mm. Which yeah. which means because an animation doesn't hit as hard as like a real film because you're not yeah, seeing real people. You know I, I, mean? I, I I I take umbrage to not calling it a real film. I think uh, it could be more than a film. There's something with I, I'm I'm biased towards regular film because I don't really like watching live anime. action film. Yeah, I love like action a li- live action because mm-hmm. I don't watch a lot of anime or or, you know, animation. I just can't yeah. really connect to it. Gotcha. So, when I say when I think people say that their favorite film was like an anim- animation, I'm like that's incredible because it moved you just as much as any other film. Absolutely. But it didn't I mean, need, it, it didn't need to have like real expression. It didn't need to have real action. Well, I mean, they did have, have real expression. expression. Just I mean, well, but specifically Spider-Verse because they literally invented a new type of animation technology. Yeah, it looks, mm-hmm. yeah, it looks like a... It looks yeah. like a comic book. It does, yeah. To, I mean, to the word. And I grew up on comic books. Yeah, My, that, it does. Anyone who loves comic books is going to love this movie. I mean, they literally wrote it with that in mind. And, yeah. and I think that um, my that's only a recent favorite movie because my, my second or my previous favorite movie was scott pilgrim versus the world yeah. oh i love that movie. which is yep. also came from <laughs> very a much comic like a comic book. book yeah it came from a comic and movie. both are from incredible you know directors storytellers yes. and all exactly. that. so they yes. it's like they they're not just making these films because it's like dreamworks or pixar is putting all this money into like hey make a good movie you know it's like these independent directors artists want to make something that they are super passionate about and all that i mean so. at the end of the day i think i mean it, it's interesting that you know there's a bit of a disconnect um regarding your connection with with light, with animation because yeah. it all starts from the same place a script when yeah, you read true. a story like someone's too passionate about movie, something, yeah. there's no actors there it's just a story one of my favorite animations i will say i'll watch it over and over again is cloudy with a chance of meatballs that it's a good movie one. Yeah, phil lord and christopher miller Hel- they, well, they phil lord also did spider verse exactly yeah. and so it's like they they understand like don't take yourselves too serious you know yeah. what i mean like a lot of times, like the only times a, a serious animation can work if it's like Pixar. I love Pixar. Pixar they, they know what they're Pixar doing. Pixar is one of the most groundbreaking film, you know, programs of all time. Like yeah. Toy Story, Up, 
you know, Inside Out. Some yes. of the, these movies it made me cry. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that you know, like animation doesn't do that as much. So those well, those that is animation. That, yeah, those are. All but I'm saying they they usually don't do they don't oh, right, me, right. they don't move me as much as it, you know. It takes a, a larger team. Uh, it takes a larger team to all get together to make that because yeah. you look at any credits for any sort of animated film oh, or even live action films yeah. with animation in it. Yeah, there's a huge amount of people putting their putting their lives and their hours into a half second of what you see on well, the screen. Well, it's hard to, to get animation to work because of creating something that seems alive you know what i mean i just think it's the uh, it's the strength of the story so yeah I, well that, a good example of that of of that is a, <laughs> a good example is that is a how do you say uh pixar shorts you know like, oh, the, yeah. like yeah like the, the shorts like the, the ones that we would watch before every pixar movie mm-hmm. like sometimes the bow bun one was beautiful oh, dude God, sometimes they're better than the movie uh, I like the Bao uh, short film before the movie that, that came after it. I think it was Incredibles 2. Yeah, Incredibles 2. Oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Incredibles 2? I liked it. But it was it's Incredibles fine. 1. It was it, Incredibles it was, 1. Yeah, it Incredibles was Incredibles. 1 was incredible. Let and me say that. I love come... Incredibles 2. Yeah, yeah. 14 no, fucking years, Incredibles man. 2 was still great. It was a good movie. Yeah, Jack, was... Jack, bro. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I'm excited for him to grow up. I know. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I, they're going to keep making those. They're also going to keep making more Toy Stories as well. No, they're they, not. Dude, they made this lot number four as a number one to two more films. They're making another trilogy. Yeah, oh, for wow. sure. What? For sure. It's probably going to follow the... The same characters? Same characters. Same Shut characters. up! Yeah. Same character. Every, every... All the same actors, same as, characters. As long as they're good. That's how I feel about Marvel films. Look, like, as long as they're good, yeah, just keep making them. Yeah, as long as they're them. good, yeah, go keep ahead. Keep making them. Just don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. Don't fuck it no up. No pressure. Don't hey, fuck it up. also keep finding ways to be innovative, you know? All right, so mm-hmm. let's let's talk about one of the worst films you guys have ever seen. You know, The Shape of Water. Ooh. You did not like The Shape of Water? I did not like that Damn. movie. Why not? I thought it was really good. I didn't think he deserved Best Picture. <laughs> I, I was like, what? I mean, like, shout out to your animation oh. and your wow. but like i was predicting everything that was happening in that movie and i was just like oh that and then like i was just like it was just so predictable and like i don't know it, it didn't i i'm probably just salty because it won best picture and i don't think it, it did. should have won best picture i didn't really like the last black man of san francisco like last black man of san francisco, in san yeah. francisco. wait are you saying that uh, sort of well, one, reg- reg- regrettably because you're supposed to like it, or mm. because... <laughs> no, no, I just didn't. I mean, it's it's an artsy movie, and I don't know. Like, I don't it does seem like a. It was supposed to be like a sort of a twenty four like moonlight type film. Where it's yeah, like, like, it's just, well, why why wasn't it? Need to hold up that standard. Yeah, it's just, it was a very artsy movie. I didn't it was really too artsy. It was just you know what movie I felt like that about was uh, Thank You for Calling. Wait, I, uh, sorry. Wait, sorry for. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, 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 I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry to bother you. I did not like that movie, and I love, I love that actor. I love that actor. I love the cast. I thought it was very interesting. It started. I off, thought it was an interesting film. I didn't care I thought for the like twist. Stand here, did this damn thing. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I didn't feel like, like where it was it absurd went. for the sake of being absurd. Yes, there was exactly. commentary. It was absurd for the sake of being absurd. I there was there was substantive commentary that I saw that he was doing. Yeah, like I get like you know like even the changing of the voice. I was like, that's kind of stupid. Just. Just, I, I'd rather him play a character. I would have enjoyed him pretending to do a white man voice. I think it's it was a strong choice. I think everything I think should it... have stayed a real in a real life world where there wasn't some horse serum that people were. That taking. was fucking weird. I, that I, you know what? Spoilers for Sorry to Bother You Guys. 
Yeah. Uh, no, here's the uh, yeah. If you haven't seen it, I don't care. But uh, <laughs> here, here's the thing. Like that was weird, and I love weird twists. I love mm-hmm. weird shit. It didn't seem but justified. It just did not seem justified. I was like, why? Who cares? I what could is not this? disagree with both of y'all more. Dude, you're gonna love every. What, okay. Okay. For, for example, Frank, what's a movie that you did not like? Um, I Yoga Hosers by Kevin Smith. <laughs> okay. So the, what about Yoga ho- Hosers that you just did not? So like? Kevin Smith is one of my fa- uh, is one of my heroes. He's one of my favorite artists of all time. He's one of the reasons why I even got into film in the first place wow. because he made a career of hanging out with his friends. And through my experience with Wacky Wednesday, I realized I'm like shit. There's nothing else I could, I would love to do more than work on something with my pals. Mm-hmm. And he made a whole career out of that. Same Adam Sandler as well. Um, but yeah, so I'll follow him doing anything. And one of the films that he did is called Yoga Hosters, which was a movie he wanted to do with his daughter and his, his daughter's friend. And Johnny Depp's daughter. And Yeah, yeah, Johnny Depp's uh, daughter. Uh, it's like, all right, cool. So I'm like, I'm going to give it a chance because I like the, the artist so much. I will give this movie that I don't really have an interest in a chance. And it was... It was. It was just a. It was just not a. It, I was did not enjoy a, the film. It just was silly or. It felt like a an hour and a half long inside joke that they never bring you a part of. Oh, it seems that's like that's terrible. It seems like a father and daughter had a joke together, and then they just made ninety minutes of that. Oh, and I'm just like, man. I don't care. I'm like, I don't care. I didn't care about anything. There were no that stakes. Sucks. At some point, there's bratwurst Nazis, and you're like, I, what? What are you? What are we doing here? Which I'd like to go back and defend. Sorry to bother you. Because uh, I don't think there's enough artists, especially people of color, who are are, uh, out there doing this type of shit. Donald Glover, I feel, being one of the only other people doing that. Um, Because for me and my art, I love a bit of the absurdist. I love a bit of, Yeah, but like like we said earlier, it has to be real. You know what I mean? Like, it has to to be real. You have to relate to it, you know? Though I also don't vibe with Wes Anderson. Oh, no! And I know that's where we... That's where we disagree on that. I stand for all white people out there. We have to stick up for Wes Anderson. But, but, but my, my thing about that is like, I, I, I want to delineate where I appreciate a film for what it is as opposed to me liking it as an audience. Because you have to. Me, anything black that comes out, I'm like, yes, it's black, let's go. Yeah. However, the, my that's my like black identity speaking Mm -hmm. to that and i'm like okay this is important look good or bad i appreciate when black art reaches a mass market to some degree and some black a bunch of black people got paid and a bunch of black art is being made that is like one side of it so i recognize the importance of like someone a black creator going and see the absurd of space however my like storytelling my taste side where i get my Mm, tastes from i'm like was yeah. it entertaining? I don't know. There were some moments. I love the scene where they okay, were complimenting see, each other. That's funny how that plays because me, because you know, I'm in a different category. I'm biased towards everything. Like it could be whoever's in it. I'm like, that's fine. I don't have anything going for this movie. I'm not. I don't have anything invested in this. Like I'm just like you don't I'll have just, any deeper roots into this. Yeah, story. I'll just watch whatever. You know what I mean? But it's funny for you. It's like okay, this is something that not need, but but want to be able to connect to to enjoy because it's something that speaks from. My heritage or, or, or my identity. And then if it doesn't speak to you in that way, you're just like, well, that was weird or that was different. I mean, yeah. I, part of me is going to go, whoa, a bunch of black people got paid. And the other part is going to be like, that's a trash though. I'm going to go back to Last Man, uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco. That's another meditation. It's a film that requires you to just enjoy the painting and the the music. You know, it's a, it's a lot of fucking one shots 
where you can just hear a violin for a while, a couple guys on a skateboard going down beautiful hills in San Francisco. But I also feel like it's a deep story about a guy dealing with his uh, his tough upbringing. Like that's, uh, and that's what he was doing. I feel like uh, it just takes a little bit to get into it, where I feel, on the other hand, Sorry to Bother is a little more absurd. Now, Wes Anderson. I want to go back to Wes Anderson one bit. I feel like if Wes Anderson can exist in the world, Boots Riley can make seven more movies. Is Boots Riley? I think Boots did? Riley should make seven more movies. The, direct, yeah, yeah, the director, yeah. sorry to bother you. I just yeah, hope yeah. he gets better and better as a storyteller. Exactly because I feel like as I people, think it was direct. I think the direction of it was really good. Uh, uh, the direction, but was I white think man. the story and the script was a little. <laughs> I just feel like it was too chaotic for its yeah. own good. And me personally, I don't like it when, I don't like it when it feels gratuitous just because. Now, I Do you just, feel like they knew what they were doing? Or they were just like experimenting and they were like, let's see what happens. Booth Riley wrote that over the course of 10 years. He had oh, the, he wrote it too. I forgot. Yeah, yeah he, he came up with it over the course of 10 years and then he finally got the money to make it. Um, the, the reason I'm, I will defend, I will, I will, I will die uh, on Sorry to Bother You as Hell is because um, as people of color, we haven't, in the main spotlight, we haven't really got an opportunity to go to these dimensions uh in a way that as uh you know european people from european descent have not have to felt because they can get weird movies they can get action movies every fucking hero is typically a white man well well i don't i don't think that sorry to bother you was going to be the bastion of absurdist black art i'm yeah. i'm happy it exists because it inspires people like me to go Oh, okay. I could do way better than that. Boom. And, it's the and, same and reason why you wanted to start doing writing. Absolutely. Exactly. So why, I, I don't. I think it should exist. I think black people should. Could, I think. I I love the to create is a very brave, bold act. I admire any sort of creator, and I don't think Absolutely. anything that is created should be yeah. discounted. Any anything that's created from nothing should yeah. be honored. However, yeah. to just be something, you know what I mean? Exactly. However, when you when you're playing ball. I feel like there's a lot of smart choices you could make, and I just feel like while you know it, it all, we have appetites for what we want our yeah, personal tastes are, so we can debate this through the end of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, what I do think is important is like to be smart, and I can tell, I can almost 100 percent tell that Boots didn't take a lot of advice from people in that mm. movie, mm. which is a good, it can be a good or a bad yeah, thing. But exactly from what I know is like you surround because I don't think he came up from the traditional screenwriting like background. No, he definitely it went very much else. felt like a Jackson Pollock of a film, which you can debate whether or not it's good or bad. It's like I, pieces of many different things. It's just, it was a lot. And yeah, it, just it throw things on the wall and, and see what's. I wanted sticks. to grab on to something without it immediately being taken away from me. You didn't feel it being as cohesive. Immediately being reminded that what you just saw didn't really matter. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I just wanted to grab onto something okay. cohesive. And I felt like I, I was trying, but then like at the end of it, it just kind of, he didn't really care about me. Which, which hey, if that's, your, <laughs> once again, if that's your speed, that's your speed. But, but for as you far personally, as what I yeah. want from a story, I want to hold on to a story. Do the absurd thing, but make sure it's an alley oop that like pays me off at the end. I'm like, oh, Okay. Fireworks. You so, know what I mean? So I'm going to need y'all to now explain to me why y'all think Wes Anderson is so great. He's one of my favorite directors. He one is of one of my favorite, favorite directors as well. But here's the thing, though. Not all the films he makes are are, are hit, I agree hit, with you. Know. I, I don't. I haven't seen all of his movies, but from what I have seen, I've enjoyed And what mm-hmm. I love here's about him Here's a good example. Is and I, go ahead. He's, he's very deliberate. Yes, exactly. Everything. everything. Yes. It, like, he puts detail into every everything, single yeah. frame, that's, every single that's, layer. That's the incredible What they're wearing and what... And it's it's almost mind blowing how someone can think about the, the exact picture and he leaves no detail. And you know, the good thing about Wes Anderson 
if you're a music lover, he understands putting the exact correct music into a film because music itself is a life form. And to put certain music, whether it's score or a sample from a song into a scene or, or one of his films, it, it amplifies the life of his films so much more. And this is one of his most popular ones, so it might be the wrong one to suggest or to recommend. But a good example is Royal Tenenbaums. Because each character that he brings into the film, it's about a family. Each family member has a specific archetype. And it's almost like each person has their own soundtrack. He's, you know? a, good, he's, a, he's a good craftsman. I, I, he I, is, I'm yeah. mostly caught by him by visuals. Granted, I love his stories. I love Grand Budapest Hotel. I Grand thought Budapest that was great. Yeah. a fantastic film. And it, 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 it's like he, he, when you have a vivid world like that, it, it inspires me to like, I want y'all to come to my world. And it, it almost... You know what's a good first Anderson film? It's actually his first film, which you, you should watch. It's called Bottle Rocket. It's actually great because you can watch his first like film project ever, which is on YouTube. If you just YouTube uh, Wes Anderson Bottle Rocket, he made a short his very first short film. It's like maybe 15, 20 minutes long. And it's like the sample for Bottle Rocket. And then he made a film about it. Mm. It's his first film. It's incredible. It's a good West. Is it his first film? It's his first film ever. Got it. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Uh Wait, did I forget to mention that? Yeah. Oh, my bad. It's his first film. (laughs) (laughs) And and the thing, I I think the thing that turns me off from like Wes Anderson films is the same kind of idea that you guys were going on about, about, um, do you feel like it's pretentious? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. People, people shows off. I I will say that. That's the thing. He I mean, does, he does it well. He though. does come off as it because it's like, look what I can do. Yeah. Look at these weird, wacky movies I can make. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and I feel. But like, I, I like. But here's the thing, though. Who else does it? He has a very distinctive style, and it's just great. He's, he created you know? it. If he created it, why can't he? Why can't he be pretentious about it? And I feel the same thing about Booth Riley. If I invented the bicycle, I'd be around going, "Hey, by the way, you know I invented the bicycle." Right? <laughs> like I would continue to remind people, "Hey, by the way, I invented the bicycle." Look, uh, and, and I feel like "Sorry to Bother You" is his bottle rocket, which he said is uh, his first movie. His, his, uh, no, no, it was the first movie. Fr- ever his made. first movie ever made. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, in a way, Booth Riley's uh, "Sorry to Bother You" is that. And I think the way that we've spoken now is that any film is a good film. Yeah. You know, we don't we don't really necessarily judge film. We don't really hate film. Some hit closer to home than others. Exactly. But what's like a guilty pleasure? Like you could just put it on just like I just want to put on my like my like good feel film, oh, yeah. like good feel movie on. I just want to throw it on and just have a good time watching it. What's like something like that? Uh, Harlem Nights. Really? Ellie, Eddie Murphy. That's uh, that's a great one. That I is a that uh, that's an awesome one I right love there. That movie so yeah, much. I hear it's great. I I've only I've only seen parts of it, but it's a bunch of upscale black people being sassy to each that's other. That's so good. That's <laughs> a great, great that's a great one. You're gonna say Space Jam? Space Jam. That's another I was watching one. that at work the other day. That, yeah. yeah, that's another great one. I'm uh, yo, shout out to Netflix for recently uh putting it up, but I've owned oh, it. Look at that. I've owned it in one form or another since I've been a kid. Like you even was... owned it in edible DVDs. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. The, the... You were part of the subscription for uh uh Bernie and Bert's. Bur- yeah, Bernie, Bernie Bert's. Uh, oh, yeah, shut Bernie up. Bert's. You forgot the name. Ev- yeah, well, yeah. You know. uh, edible DVDs. Yeah, no. Um, it's honestly one of my favorites. I watched it. I used to know it word for word. Really? Space uh, Jam? Space Jam. So I- they told them to get out of the yeah. library. <laughs> no, uh, so uh, my parents. They told, they told library. me. Library. <laughs> Never mind. That was yeah, get out of the library. It's cool. <laughs> I mean, you got to be somewhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> you got to be somewhere. <laughs> you got to be somewhere to get kicked out. That's the first time I've heard that sentence. Hey, you got to be somewhere. 
but yeah, just like having it, that little bit from my childhood, like where it's still just like that. My, it's a nice comfort food, I'd like to say. That's that's a perfect way to put it. What's yeah. your comfort food? Yeah, yeah. Space Jam. Like, like very... That's a good. That's a great one. I haven't heard Space Jam yet. Um, really quick. Now we can we can transfer over to uh, music. What is some music that you guys recommend that you mm. guys? What's I always ask? What's music that you use as inspiration? Okay. I uh, love. I'm a huge. Huge fan of Fela Kuti, and he is the pioneer of Afrofunk. Oh, really? He I feel was... like that would I would love that. Fela Kuti is yeah, African would. music. It's uh, jazz. Can you spell that for it's us? F E L A K U T I. That sounds incredible. Um, I gotta check that out. It's mm-hmm. very uh, it's very like spiritual. He does a lot of chants. There's jazz. Sometimes the songs are 15 minutes because he was late and the performers were kind of just riffing. For Excuse him to me? get there, yeah. <laughs> they actually—they were like, "We'll just start recording, hoping he'll get here." <laughs> yeah, 15 no, yeah, absolutely. Because when they would play the songs at the shows, like, oh, so these are live recordings? No, he has some live recordings, but he would structure the songs to give him some time to Damn, get. Damn, he's the like, show. "Yo, start recording before I get there," and then when I show up, that's when shit goes exactly. down. But no, so exactly. How, how old is this artist? I mean, he was popping in the '60s, man. But really, but he, is he still he, making material? No, he died. He died. Some oh, say he died okay. of AIDS. Some say they killed him. But he literally used his music. Against the government of Nigeria. This sounds like a Bob Marley story. Uh, yeah, Fela, I think was a bit more aggressive. Mm-hmm. There was a moment in time where he got so frustrated with the government because they were shutting down these parties that he had. Mm-hmm. He got a commune and uh, seceded from the country, and he Holy declared shit. it his See, own. <laughs> this is when music is good when it's when it's when it comes from a not. It doesn't have to be a rich history, but when it comes from a meaning, it comes from from the you know you truth. Can, I'm it feels like it's to, alive. It's alive, and yeah. you know you chant along with his music. I got I really got to. He check was this so out. fucking cocky too. Like yeah? he's like, you know, he's like, he's like, he's like, I cannot hear what you have to say. Can you say yeah, yeah, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I just, like he just like commanded. That's awesome. They wrote a play about him. It was a, it was a Broadway hit. Really, what was yeah, it called? It's called Fella. Uh, what about you, Frank? My favorite type of music of all time is 2000s emo pop, uh, pop punk. Oh, so like Fall Out Boy. Fall Out Boy. My Chemical Romance. Correct. Blink-182. Holy shit. Like that's... That is good. I mean, that was our time. You know I mean, like, that's our Beatles, essentially. Like you that, know what I mean? Ew. No. <laughs> no. No. I wouldn't go that far. Oh, I stand by that. I am standing by that with every muscle. That is as much of the Beatles as that genre as Cisco is the Beatles of our generation. <laughs> Cisco, oh my god! That's like saying Cisco. Uh, but yeah, I really, really. Yo, like... have you not heard Creed, bro? <laughs> have you not listened to Hoobas thing? A... I gotta introduce you to life, bro. <laughs> I, I I did Hoobastank at karaoke like oh, a couple no. years ago. Come on, I loved it. And the reason, the reason is yeah, terrible. Just absolutely. And the reason <laughs> is yeah, fucking That's love that slaps, shit. No bro. man, it slaps. no dude. I Come love on. angst. The, like no. and that's my, no. No. and what I love is that now the generations are being uh, no uh, that are you know growing up now they grew up on that type of music yeah. so they make their own like kind of version of it like you know rest in peace Juice World but I, I was big I'm a big Juice World fan because like he had like you know some hip hop tendencies but he also pulled a lot from pop punk. So he found like a new cross genre that he could that he could work off of. So I, I, music is just like any other good writing, any other good script. It's like you have to you have to find a way to come from truth, come from the truth, speak to the audience. But but you know, it also has to be fucking good. <laughs> I mean, or come from sex. 
Yeah, sexy or uh, party, which is, which, is still sex, which is still sexy. Sexy or party. Um, all right, well, that's movies, music, and could I hear one book that you guys recommend? Uh, Grit. It's a book about why artists do not reach their full potential. Look at that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Perfect. I, Grit is the word. I have uh, one nonfiction and one fiction. Uh, for nonfiction, The Disaster Artist. Uh, which is about the making yeah, of yeah. the George Sestero wrote the yeah yep I've heard of there's it. A, there's a movie that's out and it, the movie's fine the book is incredible it's one of the quickest things I've ever read in my really? life I read it in two days like 400 pages wow flying through it it's an incredible story with so much detail and if you work in film or know anything about film you're absolutely absolutely gonna love that's it. that's cool and my fiction uh, recommendation would be the circle there is a the Tom Hanks movie there is a Tom Hanks movie uh, called the circle based off the book the social is, media yeah, one. yeah. Okay, okay. yes it's a social media one where it's kind of like uh, this tech company that's a little doing something a little too crazy I feel like uh, mysteries about tech companies are gonna be like what police shows were to the generation above us mm. I think like uh, police shows just kind of hit a generation a certain type of way. Like tech, uh, I feel like things about tech, like Black Mirror and things like that, are hitting us, uh, us millennials, yeah. in yeah. this way. Where we're, we're looking at like, oh, like that's us. We yeah. work in technology. We live on social media. We do all these things. So yeah, I think that's going to be. Why do you think the movie wasn't there. as popular? I just think they're just different feelings. I think books and movies are completely different feelings. I, that's a that's a perfect answer. Yeah. All right. So this is the last few quick questions of the show. Mm-hmm. We can we can. You said this several times, Chris. I've I said qu- this once. He didn't say quick questions before. <laughs> he said questions. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just teasing. Uh, all right, teasing. Frank. We'll start with you. What yeah. is your unrealistic uh, dream job? Unrealistic dream job? I'd like I'd like to produce a fucking great film. That's, pre- that's a good answer. It's something that has stuck with me uh, from childhood, and then when I started like doing it with people that I enjoy spending time with, because Josh, Max, Steve, shout out to all of them, of y'all boys talking, um, hanging out uh, with them is just like it was always really good to create new ideas. Yeah, like it was a nice uh, circle there, and I love bringing ideas to life, even if it's not with them, other friends, like. Kind of, kind of like why you started this podcast. That's why I asked you why did you start this podcast? Because um, I, I did therapy for a year and a half, mm-hmm. and I came to the conclusion that everything that we do is to try and connect with other human beings. Mm-hmm. Every yeah. single thing that we do is to try and connect with other human beings. It is beings. very true. Yeah, that's beautiful. Josh, unrealistic dream job. Um, I would say my dream job is to be a studio executive and run a studio. Oh, really? What type of like Top a of the music ladder. studio? Uh, production. Wow. Movies, television. So so clothes. have like like what do you mean in your own studio? Like a universal Warner Brothers studio? No, type of like thing? more so of like being in charge of a production company that cranks out great quality work. Oh think, I see. Think so, Tyler Perry. So you wish you had your own production company essentially. Yeah, but think Tyler Perry. Alright, so uh, this is for both of you guys. What is your, your dream, your go to, your ultimate breakfast? <sighs> a blowjob. Oh, that is the on the box of what's the Wheaties uh, slogan? Uh, uh, breakfast for champions. <laughs> that is the breakfast for champions. Damn, no, I, well, no, that was that. That was I didn't. I didn't that mean is that. disgusting. First of all, <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean that. you I didn't pervert. Mean that. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say it later. My perfect breakfast is 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 two eggs. Over a bed of the finest hash browns Ooh. with a bed of mushrooms and sautéed spinach. Ooh, double bed. <laughs> Two beds. It's a bunk bed. Bunk bed <laughs> breakfast. Bunk bed. And just like the freshest, like buttered 
bread. Oh, what type of bread? You got. Uh... I, I I gotta I gotta say it might it might it might be it might just be croissant croissant a buttered croissant. Ooh. Yes. Damn, Ooh, those are like okay. those are like little clouds and cheese. I think croissants are the Krispy Kreme of bread. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, Krispy Kreme donuts are bread. Yeah, yeah. Even though Krispy Kreme donuts are bread, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a sure, type of, sure, yeah, sure. I'm yeah. I'm what basic. do you got? Uh, I'm I'm basic as fuck. I'm so basic. I I like me some McGriddles from McDonald's. <laughs> okay. I'm not even going to front. Like those things are popping to life changing po- to the point where I've made my own versions of them over the years. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, it's not the same. No, they're fantastic. Oh. It's pancakes as bread. Yeah. What? It's breakfast yeah, in a true. bite. I fucking love that shit. Yeah, breakfast in a bite. How have they not used they, their slogan for that? Because it is like the base, or I'm sorry, the, the the bread is pancakes. Basically, yeah. And then what's in the middle? Just sausage. Uh, sausage and uh, an egg? cheese and eggs. You and know? so it's breakfast in a bite. That's you, such a. It's just all such there. A, it's such a good way to put it's it. On point. All right. Uh, Quick question. Do you guys believe in reincarnation? And if you do, what do you think you were in your past life? Yes. And I was a, I think I was like a, a politician. Really? Yeah. yeah. A way to show how passionate you are about life and the people around you. Yeah. A politician. That's great. What year do you think? Sometimes in like the 60s. Really? Okay, great. That's awesome. That's a great answer. What about you, Frank? I yeah, I do believe that there's certain energy that's passed from uh, from one being to another, whether it be through uh, animals or grass or le- like all this stuff. I I would say a noble steed. <laughs> if only like a, like a good old good like, horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For <laughs> like sure. a good horse. Um, that's funny. All right, these are the last questions. Ready? It's it's a it's a speed round. It's called this or that. Okay. All right, so you guys can answer either at the same time or separately. All right, and we start now. Dean Martin or Frank Sinatra? Sinatra. Dean Martin. Coen Brothers or Tarantino? Tarantino. Tarantino. Disney World or Universal Studios? Fuck amusement parks. Owen Wilson or Luke Wilson? <laughs> Owen? Uh, Frank is indifferent. Uh, <laughs> the Office or Parks and Rec? Parks and, parks and rec. rec. Friends or How I Met Your Mother? How, How I, I Met, met your, mother. your Mother. Coffee or tea? Tea. Tea. Whiskey or beer? Whiskey. Whiskey. Soup or salad? Soup. Soup. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Marvel. Are you guys dating? We've we lived together. We've known each other for quite a while. Indica or sativa? Indica. Indica. Old school or new school? Old school. I don't care. Just school, man. I love school. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. What you got? Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sweet or savory? Savory. Savory. Early riser or night owl? Early, Early riser. Fuck riser. Wow. Tacos or burritos? Tacos. <sighs> Burritos. Tacos. Star Wars or Harry Potter? Star Star Wars. Sci-fi or Spaghetti Western? Spaghetti Western. Oh, hello. Switch up. Shortcut (laughs) or scenic route? Shortcut. Shortcut. That's so funny. I would probably say shortcut. You we gotta, gotta go. We gotta go. Let's, <laughs> we let's gotta go. go. I'm the only. It's like I. I totally like, agree with like that. I'd, if, like I. Like I'll go to a scenic route. Yeah, but if we have, I'm gonna take like, a yeah, shortcut we'll there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go. We'll say the scenic route on the way back. You know, we gotta take the fucking. We gotta get there. We gotta already. get there. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. That's exactly why I have that. Uh, superhero or supervillain or the person working at the coffee bean while the building comes down. Superhero. superhero. Okay, great. All right, guys. Those are all the questions that I need to ask you for right. Conversations of a Room. Thank you for oh. staying these two hours and 11 minutes with me. <laughs> oh, my God. And committing no, all no, your no. time and energy. Thank you for, for suffering these two hours. <laughs>
Somehow that's very true. <laughs> oh, 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 no. I love oh, you, man. Oh. I love you. I love you so much. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this is the last. Do um, uh, you guys want to go and promote yourself so people can find you? Um, say who you are, where, where we can see your show. Yeah, at Josh Gene B and follow my memes. Uh, yeah, at Frank APM. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram. Beautiful. Oh, also, uh, definitely, <laughs> if you just happen to like podcasts, you can definitely check out the archive to our wonderful podcast, Y'all Boys Talking. There you go. Uh, every week, we uh, gave each other challenges to try and better each other. I know we checked in on each other every week. So, yeah, the whole archive is there. And, uh, yeah, check it out. All right, guys. Well, thanks again for listening. Make sure to download and uh, subscribe to Conversations from a Room. Uh, you can listen for free on the op- at the Apple Podcast. And um, go ahead and leave a rating and review if you guys so kindly want to. I don't care what you say as long as it's true. Um, any questions or thoughts, you can message me on Instagram. i like to thank Gilbert Louis Ray for the theme. And this is my sign-off. I like to start a sentence, and I have the guest finish it. Okay. You guys can finish it at the exact same time. You ready? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another... <clears throat> wow. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another episode of Conversations from a Room. Have a nice night and have a nice woo! Make it a good one. Thank you. Where you eat the movie and then it plays in your head. You, you, know? you could taste the Fight Club right in your mouth. Exactly. Ew. Exactly. Right in your mouth. Right in your mouth. Right in your mouth. Can I get a brat in your mouth, please? Uh, what? A brat? Ew. Ew. That's actually a good one. Edible movies. <laughs> that's Finally, really funny. All the taste of all your favorite movies are here. <laughs> oh, that's gross. Ew. Available right, right to the, your what's door. The, what's the product called? It's uh, well. First off, it's a monthly subscription box oh! <laughs> where you can get. So, so wait, but mm-hmm. is it like streaming or do they actually drop it? Off no, no, no. House? They drop it off at your door. You can mm-hmm. uh, and has various tastes, like mm-hmm. uh, based on your taste of films. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no pun intended.